Christ. And I do hope that you feel at home, uh, at home today. And I'd like to start off with a, with a little humor I heard. Okay. And it's about an old lady and an usher. The old lady came into service and asked the usher to come and sit at the front row. And the usher, usher said, oh, I don't think you want to sit in the front row. And the lady said, why not? Because the minister is very boring. <laughs> and the old lady said, uh, young man, do you know who I am? Uh, no, ma'am, said the usher. I am the minister's mother. <laughs> Feeling bad, the usher said and looked at her. Uh, ma'am, do you know who I am? No? And the usher said, thank God. <laughs> If you're, a guest speak, if you're a guest today, I'm a guest speaker for today as well. So if I do a boring job, you know, I may not be asked again. But anyway, someone else will be speaking next week, so please come back. And just a little, about a, a little bit about myself. Uh, most of you know me already. Uh, my wife and I moved here from New York City at the end of uh, 2006 and have been with Shoreline um, since then. And I was baptized in the New York City Church of Christ in 1995 in the campus ministry. So campus ministry is such a big part uh, of my early years as a Christian. And uh, my wife and I have served in the full-time ministry uh, many years ago in the Philippines. Um, But, you know, this, uh, this year our theme, we've been talking about it since last year, is mission love. And I believe all of us are here to change lives, not only for our own, but for others, for those around us. And I believe that we're just not here to hear a nice little sermon, but to really find what God intends for us. And if you can please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, probably many of you are familiar with this, uh, these passages. I'll have it on the screen as well. Oh, I can look at it there. And uh, we're going to talk about a church in the Bible. And many of the letters by Paul offered encouragement and instructions. Not only, not only those things, but also because there were issues and difficulties at the church at that time. And uh, we're going to talk about the church in Corinth. And in the church, there were divisions in the church. There was worldliness. Some followed Paul, Apollos, and they were about men. There was immorality. There was lawsuits. And if you think lawsuits are rampant now, you know, back then it was going on as well. There was marital conflict in the church. Disciples were having problems in their marriage. Not that any of you are having problems with your marriage. But there were abuses of liberty. People did not understand the freedom they had in Jesus. And we have all these problems going on in this one church, and Paul the Apostle wrote this letter to them because this needed to change. And one of the first impressions that people are going to get of Jesus is when they walk into our fellowship and they see the people of God. In 1 Corinthians 13, if you would follow me, in verse 1 it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And the church said, help us, Lord Jesus. This is hard teaching. Going on. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there are knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, when we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I fully know. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I've been a disciple for over 23 years. Being baptized into the campus ministry at uh, Columbia University in New York. And, um, you know, thank God there, is, there are campus ministries in our colleges. Because as a young Christian, that had helped me to stay strong. There's not a time in my Christian life where I, didn't, I did not have room to grow in my love. And you know what? Love conquers all. It's true what it says. There is power in the love of Jesus. And there is the There is power in the love of God. And if you would imitate the love of God, if we would apply what it says in 1 Corinthians 13 into our lives, if we apply what it says collectively as a body, we will have impact for God. The world will be impressed not of who we are, but the love of God they see in us. Jesus says, this is how men will know we are his disciples. It's not by our worship service, not by our songs, although we have some awesome uh, song leaders. You know, Lewis is doing such a great job. Um, and the lady that was here, she's so awesome. <laughs> I'd like to ask her for a date. <laughs> by the way, that was my wife. Not by our worship service. It's not by how we dress. It's not by our diversity. But the fact that we have the love of God in our hearts and what we decided to imit- and that we decided to imitate that love and put it into practice. It's not easy to do, but it is what we are called to do. Because God himself is love. If we commit to it, if we practice it, there is power. It has power. It is what many of you saw when you first came to church. It's what I first saw when I came to church. We saw the love of Jesus. We saw love that revolutionized the way we thought about church, the way we thought about the body of Christ. 
If we would apply it and obey this command to love, we will see that it has power. It has the power to unite. It has the power to heal, the power to transform, the power to overcome, and it has the power to save. If we just make a decision today that we will not, that we will love like Jesus no matter what, we will change this place. It will never be the same. And the number one issue in people is selfishness. You guys agree? You know, I believe that because if you define, if you would define love, it is selflessness. It is considering others better than yourself. It is being willing to deny yourself to give glory to God. And I want to go over three challenges for us today. Can I do that? And these challenges will change your life and those around you. These are kind of challenges, so bear with me. And, um, and so the first challenge is... Not yet, not yet. First challenge is love when you don't feel like it. Okay? Second challenge, love those you don't like. And I know you Christian people, you like everybody, right? Challenge number three, love those you don't know. Okay? So first challenge, love when you feel, when you don't feel like it. And no matter how awesome you are as a disciple, you don't always feel like loving people. You really don't. And um, next month in May, Marisol and I will be celebrating our 17 years wedding anniversary. And um, it's awesome. I love her dearly. She is the Joanna Gaines of my life. You know, if you don't know, know her, she's an interior designer. She is the interior decorator of my life. And majority of the time, that's a good thing because we have such a beautiful home because of her. But sometimes, I don't feel like hanging another picture. I just hang that up and now you're going to move it and put something else. But you know what? That's what she loves to do. I got to deny myself and do what she's asking. Sometimes it takes a week for me to do it, or a couple, a month maybe. But sometimes I don't feel like doing that, those things. I have two wonderful kids, Christine and Christian. No matter how much I love them, sometimes they get on my nerves. And I don't always feel like loving them. But what good is love when you apply it only when you feel like it? And this comic uh, shows exactly sometimes what our kids can do. Some, you know, maybe it's different for you, but when you read it, they disturb you at the wrong times. I can't read it there. I'll read here. And, you know, it says, what's wrong? What's the matter? You know, after he said, mom, come quick. Yes, Calvin. Mom, is it true what Paul said about Love endures all things? I think so, because it's the only thing keeping me from frightening you right now. <laughs> i go back to sleep. And Calvin, I bet Paul wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we can feel that way when, when our kids do, are doing something that we don't like. 
but we have to love no matter what. Real love is stepping up and doing the right things. And it's stop living by your feelings. Stop living by your emotions. Stop letting your moods control what you do. Do what is right, and if you do what is right, you will eventually feel what is right. But if you only go by your feelings, oh, I don't feel like giving today. You won't ever keep a job. Whoever, who feels like going to work every day? Or school? Nobody feels like doing those things every day. You will never have a great marriage if you go by your feelings. Who always feels like loving their spouse? There might be two of you in here, but most of us, you know, it's hard sometimes. And there will be days where it's challenging to love. Not our spouse, those around us, but love is going past your feelings. If we go by our feelings, a diaper will never be changed. <laughs> it's true. I would never change a diaper if I, because most of the, all the time, I will, I will never feel like doing it. Yeah. And uh, Ephesians 4.2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In another translation, it says, Put up with one another in love. You know, in the church, you have to learn to put up with one another. If, you, if, you've been long, if you've been around long enough, this is something you have to do. Because you don't always like what people do or the way people do things. But Jesus loved the weird. Jesus loved odd people. Jesus loved sinners. Jesus said in John 13, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love is powerful. Jesus is the standard of love. Love is not about convenience. If you only love when it's convenient, then that's not really love. Love when, you, love when you don't feel like it. Your character will never change until you make yourself do what is right. Do what you know is right. Do what Jesus commands you to do. We did not all come into the kingdom already filled with love, correct? It is something that we have to work on. I've been working on it for the last 23 years. It's something that I will probably do until I die. So love when you don't feel like it. Second challenge, love those you don't like. Now, how can you talk about not liking people? This is church. But for the most part, I believe most people like people. You know, I believe we do like people. But I think there's just some things that we don't like about people. You know, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but God made us all different. The love of God is proof when you show your love for people who are different from you. If you're going to like people who are just like you, that's not really love. Learning to love those 
that you don't like. He even says in Matthew 5, if you love those, in uh, Matthew 5, 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Sorry, I don't have a slide. <laughs> but you might not even like someone's uh, personality. But God made them the way they are. Maybe someone's nature is to be quiet. And most of the time, that's my personality. And there are other personalities that are loud. And we can ask, why are they like that? Why are you like that? It is because God made them like that. And God did not want everyone to be like you. He made some people to be loud and he made some people to be quiet people so that they can listen to the loud people. <laughs> Who's going to listen to them if everyone's loud? So we are all different. You have to learn to get along. I think that's one of the things we need to learn is learning how to get along. That's what I try to teach my kids. They're constantly bickering, but I know they love each other, but they need to get along. Love is not just about feelings. Love is about actions. Love is about meeting the needs of people even though we have nothing in common. That's the power of, of the love of Jesus. That's the power God wants evident in his church. And um, I ran across uh, these quotes. It's the paradoxical commandments. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, Hopefully you can read it. It's kind of tiny, but I'll, I'll read it. It's, a, it's by a Dr. Uh, Keith, Kent McKee. Kent M. Keith. And it says, People are, are illogical, unreasonable, self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful... You will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you do not help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have, you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Even if, the, even if there are people you don't like, love like Jesus. Even with people you do not like. It's hard. It's challenging. But it's something that we have to work on. Third challenge. You guys all right? Third challenge is love those you don't know. And there's two types of people. People we know and people we don't know. So I'm in the church today because of people that knew me and people that did not know me was reaching out to me. And, you know, back in New York, 
around 1994-1995, um, I would travel from Staten Island to New York, New York City, where I went to school, and it's a two-hour commute. So I would run into people on the ferry. It was a 30-minute ride, um, and so I remember some. I would get invited to a church, and so sometimes I would say yes, I'm, I'll go, but I never did. And there were a few times I got invited in the subway, and again, um, just brushed them off. But you know, through those years, a couple of years, um, you know, God was reaching out to me until eventually my sisters became disciples, and so. I saw the changes in their lives. Uh, I even persecuted them because they were uh, giving their contribution. Uh, but I saw changes in them. And one of my sisters and my brother-in-law, who also became a disciple, um, invited me. And so I was curious about what this church was about. And so after that, you know, a couple of weeks later, I studied the Bible. You know, this was when I was doing my. Uh, Finishing my uh, my undergrad studies, and I was about to go into my graduate studies. But during that time, it was really busy because you know campus knows, especially because it's finals and everything. Uh, you're trying to finish your paperwork, so I don't know how I got I fit in my Bible studies. But the the guys that were uh, that studied with me came to my school and studied with me right in my classroom. And so, a few weeks later, I became a disciple. But when I went to one of the congregation services, you know what? I saw all the people that invited me to church—people I didn't know—and it was amazing because they were in different sectors, but it was all one church. And so, I just saw that people—even if you're inviting people you don't know—you have impact, and they might not respond. Right away, it could be years, but you have impact. It just takes a little bit of loving people that you don't know. And you know, even though it was years in the making, these disciples in the New York Church loved, even though they didn't know me, even though I brushed them off, even though I rejected them. God showed this love by sending people、um, during that time. But let me ask you: Are you reaching out to people you don't know? You may be their only hope, and God will present you that opportunity even today. In Luke ten、um, thirty, it says, "In reply, Jesus said, 'A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away.'" Leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed him by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him. And bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man out. The, sorry. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Verse 37. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So it's important for us to, uh, to, uh, sorry, to love those that we don't know. You know, it takes for us that um, someone, whether they know us or don't know us, we are here because of them. And, you know, some of the things that uh, Shoreline has been doing is, um, you know, I really want to lift up all these things that we're doing is uh, rescue missions. You know, every month, you know, there's a group of people, um, you know, most consistently David, the Waltmans, they're there giving their hearts to people they don't know. You know, these um, um, mostly men that are in uh, rehab or going through challenges, uh, things in their life. But, you know, we, most of us, we probably don't know them. But, you know, when we give to them, it's such uh, an impact for them. You know, another activity is the one we just did a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? Casa Pacifica. You know, it was um, mostly teens in a foster uh, home, foster care home. But it was so encouraging. You know, we're, we were there so encouraging, but I feel like I got encouraged just going out there, uh, being with them, because, you know, uh, we, they played soccer. You know, uh, some of the disciples brought um, their equipment and just gave their time. And so, you know, we don't know all of them. We don't know if we're ever going to see them. Maybe in the next activity, we'll see them. But... You know, seeing them for the first time, seeing how they, incur- they were encouraged. Um, and, you know, some of them were kind of shy, but some weren't. They talked to us. But who knows how we impact them? You know, the shoe boxes that we do every year. You know, these um, shoe boxes that we send out to Manila. You know, we co- most of you uh, give to that. And we don't know how it's going to affect the people that's receiving them. But when you get the pictures, or if you get the pictures, you see how grateful the kids are to receive the shoes, those um, uh, socks, those toothpaste, whatever you give them, they're so grateful for it. And it's impact them in some way. Um, every year, David uh, organizes the Christmas caroling. You know, it, it's... It's good to go to the elderly people and just, just be there uh, for them. And, and so we don't know what the songs are, how the songs are impacting them or how we're impacting them, but it's just, we're just doing it for the love. We're doing, that, we're doing it to love them. And just to close out, I just want to share a story um, Back in February, we were um, on vacation uh, in Palm Springs, and um, we attended this timeshare. So if you want to get a discount on, um, on um, your room, you know, sometimes they have timeshares. And so we did that. We attended a presentation to, um, 
to get a discount on our room. And so when we, uh, the lady, her name was Nicole, that did the presentation for us, um, you know, she was new uh, to, that, um, to that job. And it's only been like a couple of months um, when she started. But, you know, she was just sharing about her life and she was very open about it. And, and so, you know, my wife and I, um, um, she felt that she was so open with her life that, uh, you know, we should invite her to church. And so, and so we invited her and Andrea, you know, she used to be part of the, she pl- helped plant the Palm String Church and, you know, she had contacts there and she responded right away where the service was. So, um, you know, God worked it out because she gets out of work at uh, 2.30 and the service is at 4, just like our service. And so she was able to come to church the next day. It was a Saturday and then... Um, Next day was service, and so she came. She came with her son, um, and and so at first uh, the son didn't really want to go to the kids ministry, uh, but he went. Um, you know, our kids went as well, um, and he had bad experience. That the kid had, I think he was eleven, right, babe? Um, and he had bad experience with uh, other. Uh, church that they attended and he didn't have a great time at the kids ministry but he went to kids ministry and she attended church and she loved the service and so um you know after service we went off on our way we said goodbye and my wife received a text from her that the the son wanted to come back he loved the kids ministry and so you know it, it was it was encouraging to hear because our kids' ministry really make an impact on people. And so if you serve in the kids' ministry, um, if you're a teacher, know that you're impacting the kids. And so um, next thing we know, we found out she was studying the Bible. Nicole, the mother, was studying the Bible. And, you know, she attended service um, um, afterwards, and she attended the... I think, anniversary service of um, the Palm Spring Church. And so, you know, uh, from what we heard, she's still studying the Bible. And so, you know, someone that we didn't know, you know, just took an invitation to come. And, you know, the kid's life has changed and her life is changing. So who knows what uh, God will do uh, to their lives. And so, for us, the challenge for us today is really um, listen to what God um, is telling us. You know, the three challenges, you know, I can admit it is kind of challenging. But love when you don't feel like it. Love those you don't like. And love those you don't know. Thank you. Thank you.